there. Welcome back to the This Human Life podcast. I'm Melissa Nova and um, we are reading through the book This Human, um, which I wrote a few years back. This is the companion podcast to that book. You don't necessarily need to have a book to be able to follow along. Hopefully the stuff that I talk about is interesting anyway to you if you're here. Um, it's a yeah, it's a meandering journey of me reading a bit, talking a bit, um, typically embellishing the stories with some examples and I don't know, it's like an author's notes version. Um, okay, let's get straight to it. We are starting um, from page 68, Imagination as a Workhorse. This is chapter two, by the way, and we're talking about envisioning if you haven't listened to the other episodes. Um, In a society that values thinking over imagining, we overuse thinking and underuse our imagination. And although Einstein was famous for his contribution to physics, he also had some pretty important things to say about imagination. When we focus on a thought and project into the future to think about what it might or could or should be, We are using our imagination. We use our imagination all the time, in capitals. In fact, sometimes our imaginations cause us all sorts of unnecessary grief. We craft worrying scenarios about our children being late home because a terrible event has occurred, or our boss not returning our emails because she's going to fire us. It would be much better to put our imaginations to use for good rather than evil. Our imaginations can be used to take a kernel of an idea and turn it into an inspiring vision of possibility. So the quote on page 69 is actually from Albert Einstein, which says, Imagination is more important than knowledge, for knowledge is limited to all we know now and understand, while imagination embraces the entire world and all there ever will be to know and understand. I think in um, our current time, so this is a recording made in September 2020, a year that I am sure is going to go down in history, it's really important that we strengthen our ability to imagine alternate realities and alternate futures when things for everyone in all sorts of unique ways um, are quite challenging and difficult. And, you know, I was at a... a, um, what would you call it, a webinar uh, yesterday morning held by the Centre for Optimism. I'll put the uh, link in the show notes below. And John Hagel was talking and he was talking about the narratives that we find ourselves in and they're all fear-based. And it's really, really important for those of us who are aware and willing and can to participate in a different global narrative, one of opportunity as opposed to one of fear. And I can't think of a more uh, noble use of our imagination than to facilitate in the creation of those narratives. And it's also a bit, hmm, what's the word? Unfortunate that uh, imagination um, tends to get a bit of a bad rap in business circles as well. You know, there's often the, the, the distinction between are you imagining this or do you know? And in saying that, we're, we're stating our value judgment there and that knowledge is much more important and much more reliable than imagination. Um, 
And I hope that through having to navigate organisations and steward organisations through quite complex and difficult situations in 2020, that those of us in leadership positions have understood now that if we need to act and if we're in a complex situation, we're not always going to have all the information available at the time that we need to make decisions. So we do need to also incorporate our, our imagining capability to be able to help us with those decisions um, and to actually move forward. Okay, page 70, exercise 2.7. Beware of well-worn pathways. When you are using your imagination to envision great outcomes for your work, you need to make sure you aren't walking down a familiar pathway of imagination. The best way to avoid this is to identify what your favorite pathways are. Our brains are fantastic pattern recognition devices. The more familiar the pattern, the quicker the brain recognizes it. The quicker the brain recognizes a pattern, the less your conscious mind notices it. This can be dangerous when you are visualizing your own ideas because you will have familiar patterns of imagination. These are fueled by your worldview, your perspectives and your values and they can make you passionate about certain things and not others. So if you have been following along and you do have the book and are familiar with the book, you'll um, remember that one of the first topics that we cover is um, beliefs and biases. And that's um, deliberate, of course, because a lot of the rest of the unfolding of the book relies on the notion that your beliefs and your worldview are really powerful filters that have you um, sense make and make sense of the world. And so we need to build a practice to be able to constantly keep them up to date and constantly be aware of whether those beliefs are assisting us in what we're here to do or hindering us and then to have some form of mechanism and I've proposed one um, to be able to rewrite them to be able to re-establish new ones and this is another example of when that's really important um, as a foundational capability and like a meta skill I guess to be self-aware and conscious of your sense-making patterns um, because when we imagine the same sort of um, patterns are at play Okay, so there's a little exercise here that um, I'll talk you through, which um, helps you uncover the familiar pathways. When you're imagining an ideal scenario, it will be informed by the things you're passionate about or you're interested in. It's useful to know what these are so you can deliberately work outside of those topic areas and stretch your imagination. Some people like to think about business solutions, others think about technology or infrastructure. Some might create scenarios around storytelling or events or people. It is important to know your tendencies so you can work with them and without them. So some really simple questions and obviously um, one of the things that I advocate for is for all leaders and all designers to have some form of a reflective practice whether they do it within the context of their projects and their work or if they do it um, at a personal level as well. And this is exactly, this is an example of um, what you might do in your reflective practice. It might be triggered by a stage in your project where you're about to go into, you know, synthesis and from synthesis you're coming up with a whole bunch of opportunity platforms and ideas or you're just feeling like something is feeling a little bit too familiar perhaps in, in, in the ideas and the work that you're generating. So uh, these are some questions that you can ask yourself. There's four of them. The first one is, what am I really passionate about? 
I think I get you to um, ask this question of yourself over and over again in different contexts in this book. Um, What am I really passionate about? The second question, what informs my passion? Third question, where do I naturally gravitate? And the fourth question, what tendencies do I have when I am imagining scenarios? So it would be great to really give those questions your attention because they'll also be able to highlight, um, if you're a leader of a team, they'll be able to highlight what gaps you have in terms of your knowledge and therefore how you can fill those gaps with your team members and vice versa. Um, having a look at your team and seeing and getting the team to do this as well and seeing what the um, tendencies of the group is going to be when they're in idea generation and whether or not you need to open up some of those divergent thinking sessions to people who uh, think differently, which I am obviously a very keen advocate of. Um, Okay, the next exercise on that uh, page, which is page 71, is uh, asking the right questions. I'm developing a uh, program uh, at the moment called Deep Leadership. And one of the things that I talk about there is the need for us to change the model of leadership that's been popularized and valued uh, over the last probably 100 years um, into, uh, you know, from one that really values having the answer and sees that as a signal to the rest of the organization that you've got this and you know what you're doing versus uh, actually valuing people who ask really amazing questions. Of course, there is always a balance in these things, but one of the things that I think we need to um, build, again, upskill, build capability in, in the designers and leaders is the ability to ask really insightful questions. Um, so that's what this exercise is about. It's about asking the right questions. Knowing what type of questions you are asking brings awareness to the types of answers you will undoubtedly get. And it also works in reverse. Think about the vision you are trying to create and the sorts of answers you need to help you create it. Then ask the right questions to get the types of answers you're looking for. I love this. I am... reckon if I wanted to go back and do a PhD, there's a whole bunch of PhDs that I want to do another PhD. Um, But one would be on this topic, which is about um, questions and the crafting of questions and and all of that. Anywho, okay. Um, So I've listed, there are lots of different types of questions, but I've listed three categories here, which I think are really relevant to the work of a human-centered designer, but also to any leader, actually and particularly leader of human-centered designers. So the three categories are questions that expand, questions that connect, and questions that focus. A specific type of question gives you a specific type of answer. Use these examples of question types to ask questions that do those three things. Okay, so in the expand category, mostly what-if questions. So what if this exists or doesn't exist? Or what if this person or that person? Or what if this location or the other location? Um, What if this happened or that happened? So the what if puts you into, I don't care if this is possible, if this has happened, if we have the data for this, I just want to know what would happen if we considered this. Um, The next questions are around uh, connect or connection. What do these have in common? Is there a relationship between the elements? What's the nature of the relationship? Uh, are, they, are there any dependencies? 
um, what happens when we change them. So if you uh, are or have uh, systems thinkers, um, this would be one of your well-worn pathways of question asking. People, Some people think in series, so this and that, then this and that. And some people think in parallel, so they'll have multiple thought patterns happening in series, but they'll run them in parallel so they can consider one scenario and another scenario at the same time. And some people think in ecosystems, so they will be thinking about the whole system, the interrelationships between those things. And obviously having a combination of these types of thinking thinkers in your team or around you is brilliant when it comes to problem solving and design so they're the connect questions and then the final category is focus focusing questions so um, who is this for what are we here to do by when so we're really familiar with the with the focus questions we tend to ask them all the time they're also the questions that um, get us answers really quickly and they tend to live in the more tangible space so they're convergent questions and then the expand questions really sort of ignite our imagination and they're, they're diverging they're divergent questions um, which sometimes we feel like we don't want to diverge anymore because there's also this notion that when you ask questions that you know open things up that there's a risk that we're going to waste time um, which always makes me giggle because it's only through diverging that you are able to traverse territory where the most brilliant solution might be that otherwise would not be available to you so um that's my little uh, what does seth godin he calls them rants that's my little rant on on questions all right right let's go um Page 72. Oh, this is a great quote from Gary Keller. Um, How we phrase the questions we ask ourselves determines the answers that eventually become our life. How true is that? I tweeted something like that the other day, actually, or maybe yesterday. I can't remember. Okay, we're up to curiosity and really great questions. Curiosity opens up your mind, creating new pathways and recognizing new patterns. When you are visualizing, you are using the insight gained from research to feed your thoughts, feelings, and intuition. You can then translate these signals into something you can communicate. If you turn on the autopilot, your ideas become stale and you lose your originality of thought. Meaningful design and meaningful work require you to think of new and novel solutions to current challenges. To access these, you need to feed your curiosity. This also keeps your work interesting. You don't get bored with your ideas, you become curious about where this idea is going to take you and what you might find along the way. Curiosity is your energy source. It keeps you looking, challenging the status quo and trying new things. As you are envisioning your idea, ask yourself the really big questions. What impact is possible with this idea? What type of legacy can I leave by bringing this idea to fruition? Why is this important to me personally? These questions get your creative juices flowing. They focus your thinking far beyond the details of the idea itself and more on what it might allow you to achieve for others. Despite what we have been led to believe, questions are more important than answers. It is worth making sure the questions you ask are interesting ones, so the decisions you make about your vision have interesting and meaningful impacts. Overcoming old legacies. 
Our education systems have made us very adept at looking for cause and effect relationships and thinking in linear problem to solution paradigms. The quicker we can get to the answer, the smarter we seem and the more acknowledgement we receive. We need to step out of this paradigm of linear thinking and open our minds and our imagination to envision an alternate reality as a result of our work. Your imagination is a unique tool. Use it to imagine things into reality. For us to have a meaningful impact on this planet and on the beings on and within it, (laughs) we need, don't let us not forget the insects, we need to unleash our imaginations in meaningful ways so we can dream up a better reality for all. It really is that simple and that important. Okay, I am going to wrap up there on that very important note of um, uh, see this is where this is where the tweet comes in. It's obviously in the it's in the what is it the zeitgeist of the, la- the last two days um, that what you do matters and that every action of every human creates the world. That's what I tweeted because it became very obvious to me in a conversation again with John Hegel on the weekend where he was reflecting on the the human potential movement and the social change movement um, could probably do a better job at coming together. And, um, and I was just reflecting that, you know, they, in my view anyway, they wanted the same thing. Um, because every action of every human creates the world. So on that point, you can see why I'm passionate about people who lead other people and are equipped with the knowledge sets and skill sets to be able to design realities, essentially, that other people are going to be living in, within. And that every time we make a decision in that trajectory, whether we're leading people or we're designing products and solutions, um, we're creating the world. And so doing this type of work, the type of work that's laid out in this human, um, helps you understand a little bit more about yourself so you know who's actually doing the creating. Thank you so much for listening to me again, episode 19. Um, I look forward to reading you some more next week. I hope you have a fantastic week ahead and um, hopefully we'll chat again very soon. Take care. Bye.